I'm Arie Schwartz, along with my co-hosts for tonight, Rachel Galligan, Pat Ralph, and Emma Leiden. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we got different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats. We bring honest and critical analysis. Real quick, let's let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Hey, everybody. I am Rachel Galligan. I am a former uh, player, coach, um, professional athlete, and now I am covering the W. Hey, guys. It's Pat Ralph. Um, I am a former player at the uh, middle school level, um, and uh, but now I just cover the WNBA as well. Hi, guys. I'm Emma Leiden, and happy to be here on this WNBA Insider podcast. Um, I previously was podcasting with Eli Horwitz and Pat Ralph over at XL Sports. Um, I'm a former collegiate player and also coach at the high school level. And yeah, let's get into this. Let's do it. So this week we have a hot topic, um, and it's been a debate that really got started because, well, frankly, I thought that there was not enough of a debate. And too often, not to knock the the aura and the greatness of her, but Diana Taurasi was just widely accepted as the GOAT. And to me, that's disrespectful to others who have walked on the court. Pat, why don't you break down how we're getting into this and how we're going to define GOAT? Absolutely. So the reason why we wanted to ha- talk about this is because um, we hear all the time about who the greatest of all time is in sports or whatnot. And we figured, well, you know, everybody is, you know, going to use different criteria um, for how to define that, that, you know, for some people, it's some circuit, um, you know, uh, qualifications are greater than others and stuff. So some of the things that we are going to talk about tonight are um, stats. We're going to look at the stats debate. Who just has the better stats when you look at it straight up head to head? Um, we're going to look at do they make their teammates better? Um, how do they help make their, you know, are they more just a, more of an individual player? Do they just more about themselves? Or are they, they really make their teammates um, a, a better and raise the level of their play? Um, and three is just like awards, MVPs, you know, championships, all-star game appearances, you name it. Um, we're going to look at all those because we know that people use different things, value different things more importantly. So we're going to look at different, you know, um, criteria to evaluate who we think are the greatest players in WNBA history. I like it, Pat. So we're going to dive right in, starting with rings and awards. Emma, I'm going to toss the ball over to you real quick. Just right off the bat, rings and awards, who stands out to you? Um, I think it's a clear winner with Maya Moore. Um, I've been a longtime fan of her. I just think that if you look at the awards, the championships, the rings, everything that you could possibly win in a WNBA career, Maya Moore has won. So in seven years of going pro, she's had four championships. She's led her team to the finals six of the last seven years. She's been MVP. She's been finals MVP, rookie of the year. I mean, literally everything. First team all league five different times, even the defensive team twice, um, including last year. So um, she has really won everything. And I have here just some of the amazing stats she's had previous to her um, WNBA career. So in high school, get this, you guys, she won 125 games and she lost a total of three. Like, come on. Then she goes to UConn. She wins 150 games and loses only four times. And then now, She's with the Lynx, of course, and she's won 228 games and lost 77 because it's a uh, high competition. Still, 77 is not that many losses in seven years. So, I mean, this woman is just 
I think, the GOAT. I mean, she has won at every level. She has been the leader on all those teams. She's been the person who, um, you know, you want on your team every single time. Well, Emma's definitely right that the way that Maya's career is going, um, and she's still got a lot to go, and she's made a lot of impressive points there. Um, but, you know, it may be too early to say that, you know, that she is the GOAT already. I think you can make the case as well for the aforementioned Diana Taurasi. Um, at 36 years old, she's still today for me. If there was one person who I want the ball in their hands with the game on the line and the, the clock winding down, it's Diana Taurasi. Um, I think she still strikes fear in the hearts of her opponents. There's a reason you still see her playoff games. Like, I know they haven't won a title in four years, but her in in single elimination playoff games on the road, we saw it last year, what she can do. Even at 35, she's still playing at a high level, still making all WNBA teams, which is really impressive given all the young talent that's come into the league, and the, especially in the backcourt, that she's still able to be on all WNBA teams. And I think she's going to go down as the – she's the all-time lean scorer in WNBA history now. Um, she, you know, obviously what she's able to do from three-point land, we know she's an eight-time All-Star. Um, and back to the first team, she was on nine All-WNBA first teams. You know, she has the ring. She has three rings. I know she doesn't have four, but she's got three. She also won at UConn as well, um, like Maya did, a fellow Husky. Um, but I think the thing with Tarazi is I will always look at her. She was – Will go. I think she will go down as the greatest scorer um, in league history. I think that's hard to argue because of she is that, and she's kind of she's you know she's all time lean scorer. And just if you want a bucket getter, that's her. And I'll acknowledge there there are flaws that I'm sure someone here will point them out as we go through um, that can punch poke holes at her uh, her legacy and at her her um, resume. But I think overall, I think that she definitely belongs in the conversation based on right now and the fact that at this point with her career, probably in the twilight of her career at this point, um, that she is in that conversation. And she's the, she's become the face of, in many ways, the WNBA and someone who people automatically think of when you mention WNBA. So what I'm going to do right now, just to be a jerk, is a poke a hole at you, Ray, at you, Emma, first of all. Maya yeah. Moore, I, I know you acknowledge it, so it's not really poking a hole in, in your chain, but she's just, too, in my book, she's too young to be considered the GOAT. What she has done is beyond amazing in such a short period of time. I mean, if you're stacking up and and we are talking, you know, rings and awards. So I think it just based off that Maya's up there in this definition of it. Um, she's, I mean, every stat that Tarasi has, Maya's either beaten it or is right on her tail and has played half the seasons that that Tarasi's played. So I mean, in that respect, I think you know it washes kind of. Tarasi out. Also, Tarasi's defense is just is non-existent in many ways. Some might call her the turnstile, if you will. Um, for me, my more for me, my more you can't give it to her because she's too young. And I'm going to drop some knowledge on on you guys right now. A name that might not be a household name for current WNBA fans: Cynthia Cooper. Cynthia Cooper. Okay, let me drop some knowledge in her one, two, three, four, five seasons in the WNBA. Four all WNBA first teams, two MVP awards, four WNBA finals MVP awards. And I don't really necessarily think we should be getting into overseas competition, but I will say, just to add this icing on the cake, she, in 10 years in the Italian league, was the league's leading scorer eight times and finished in second place those two other times. And she her her scoring numbers 
are just beyond ridiculous. If you want to talk about scoring, I mean, she's beyond ridiculous. Her win shares aren't that high because of, you know, the reduced amount of time she was playing and such. But I mean, talk about a player who can do it all. And talk about a player who has the tenacity and the mindset of a winner. Okay, I I hear your point. But I feel like what you just said contradicted yourself, right? Because you said Maya Moore hasn't had enough time to prove that she's a GOAT. She's had seven years. And then you argue that Cooper is the GOAT and she had five years. No, I agree with you. (laughs) So I feel like, of course, Cynthia Cooper is amazing. Like, I've been a fan since I was two. But I think that... Right there, what you just said is exactly my point, is that Maya Maya Moore has had seven years in this league, and she's already checked the box on every single award, every single award, and also added in four championships. So what's that going to say about she's like, what, halfway through her career? What's that going to say about her, right? I mean, I think we're talking about efficiency here too, right? It's like, how much can you do in a short amount of time? And Maya Moore takes the cake on that as well. I, I hate to say that someone won me over. I will add to your argument too that like, <laughs> no, like, cause Cynthia Cooper came into it at an older age where she was already, you know, established herself had already played overseas for a while. Um, and, and established herself at like, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I I'd agree with that. I know Rachel's kind of hyped on Cheryl swoops. Rachel, give us some insight on why you think Cheryl's the one. I just, I am shocked that no one has even brought this to the table yet before me. Uh, but I guess that's why they saved the best for last, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but but no. In, in all seriousness, I mean, you, you I mean, how, how do you not? Um, and I, and I think there's a similar argue to, argument to be made about Lisa Leslie. Um, but just looking at Swoops's career, I mean, not only are we talking about just someone who um, is, is a household name right now, but what she's been able to do, just the longevity of her career and her playing career, granted, was a little bit before some of the players we're talking about right now overlapped a little bit, but she's a four-time WNBA champion. You know, mm-hmm. so, so right now you're looking at Maya and you're looking at Swoops. Both of them are four-time WNBA champions. Um, and that's, you know, okay. The longevity of of Swoops' career, you know, she she's a three time WNBA MVP, okay, two time all the all de, all yeah, defensive big, first team, you know, she, she like five time all all WNBA first team, you know, I mean, she, she has done so many things to the game, just and I and I could expand it into other areas. I know I'm not supposed to, um, but you know, her stats are are ridiculous. You know, she played, she averaged 15 points a game and it just, all across the stat line. I don't want to bore everybody with just numbers right now, um, but her efficiency, her free throw percentage, you know, she, she, she was just one of the greatest players in every aspect of, of the game, both offensively and defensively. She was a winner. You know, it, it was, a, she was in some ways, if we're talking just strictly WNBA, a pioneer of the game. Um, so in my opinion, it is a hands down, no brainer, Cheryl Swoops. Talk about all around player. Right. Not to mention a three-time, you know, Olympic gold medalist. Now, everyone we're talking about in this equation, for the most part, is going to have that. Um, but we're talking about multiple World Cups, you know. Uh, and I mean, she's just, it's Cheryl Swoops. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I could pull up every yeah. stat under the sun, the longevity of the career, what, what, what the Comets, rest in peace, were able to do back then um, and what that did for the league, propelling it forward. And that's a big thing for me is historically um, kind of the women who had come before who are there now um, and through that longevity and sustaining that, that level of play for that, that many years um, and that which that much consistency. Um, I just, I have to tip my hat to swoops. So can I ask you a question right there? So 
one thing that is constantly argued in the men's game, right, is, you know, the NBA wasn't as good, whatever, like 30 years ago. So that's why. Bingo. This- Emma took my point. Great point. Go with it, Emma. Let's go. Let's hear it. So I've always wondered this about the women's game. And I mean, I've been watching, I've been watching the WNBA since its inception. And I think that, you know, it's obviously hard to compare different times currently all the way back to like 20 years ago, but aren't we seeing better competition now? I mean, constantly people are talking, particularly this season, people have been talking about how much young talent, how the, how the game is growing, how the league is growing, all these things, right? So yes, the comments were fantastic. I'm a huge Shale Swoops fan. And I think your point about defense is phenomenal. I do think she has better defense and a better all around game than both Diana and Maya that we've been talking about and Coop. But I think that we have to kind of factor in here, who is she stealing the ball from? Who is she, you know, getting that pull up Jay from, right? I mean, Maya Moore right now is against Diana Taurasi. Who were the equivalents there? And what, were there enough of them back when we're um, looking at Shell Swoops? Rachel, right. drop some contemporaries on her. <sighs> some contemporaries, well. I think that's a really valid point, and honestly, not one that I'm sure I can sit mm-hmm. here and, you know, have an immediate answer to. I think we could even create our whole own podcast series on just that topic in itself. Uh, right. But I do. I think there's a lot of people that argue the game was. Uh, they're both very different. I think the style of play is just the evolution of what women are doing now with the ball in their hands and, and, you know, the evolution of just range and things like that, 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 that have changed. But for, for just talking fundamentals and things like that, you know, just, just like lockdown defense and just gritty and, and I, I, and that's what the comments did. Um, So I I think it would be really interesting if we could somehow put the comments up against the, say the links in their prime or even like, you know, the way the Mercury are playing right now. Um, But like I said, that, that's a debate that, could be for a completely different time, but I think that's a great point. And honestly, I don't know that I know the answer to that. Yeah, like Ari, you mentioned you laid out the case for Cynthia Cooper. And like that another thing is like uh, another argument they make in the men's game is like like how high was their peak? You know what I mean? What was their like that for that career she had in such a short time in the in the W is such a high peak. Like to be literally like a WNBA champion for sure years to win finals MVP to be a two time WNBA MVP. But an all-star, but the exact same point. Like I would say, if you're going strictly for talking about that point in the time, I would put Cheryl Soups ahead again for the same argument that you guys made is that more of a complete player that Rachel, you alluded to and Ari, you mentioned as well, but going off like Emma said, which, which you said perfectly is like, look at who they're going up against. Yes. You had Lisa Leslie and Rebecca Lobo, but you didn't have the type of players that you have today. The game has grown it's advanced, it's more competitive. And you're, 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 that's the, that's the, I think the argument It's like, yes, they were a dominant team, but the, the teams they were going up against were not the same level. I think that you're where we see today. So that's the one thing, again, it's not their fault that they were around in that time, but it's just one of these things as the game ages, it's like, Oh, okay. You realize that the athletes are better. The game is better. It's more developed. So um, that would be my one thing to poke. Like they said at, Cynthia Cooper and I would, if you're putting head to head her and Cheryl Swoops, I would take Swoops because of that overall, the career length and the overall body of work, the complete player. All right, I don't, I don't want to be that guy who refuses to back down, but I just want to throw this out there, and I'm curious, in all honesty, all of your individual thoughts on this. Um, 
Now, we can talk about Cooper versus Swoops, and I think it's a very interesting conversation, but how much of it is impacted, or are we taking enough credit when they played? I mean, they played together for those years, and it it was like a, a shared spotlight, if you will, but Cynthia Cooper is the one who won the finals MVP. Cynthia Cooper is the one who won MVP. I mean, I, I granted, they basically split it, the MVP award, but, you know, awards when they were together lean slightly towards Coop. So explain to me why you're still leaning swoops after hearing that. Well, I think it's kind of the points we just made before and stuff. It's the stuff that she did after, again, when they played together, yes, Cooper was that because at that point in her career, you think about it, um, you know, she was probably, she had more experience, older player. um, And you look at that, she just was more in that prime Cheryl. That was kind of the beginning and then kind of took off from there. It's it's kind of like if you look at, um, uh, you know, in, in the men's game, they always make this comparison between Shaq and Kobe. When they played together, Shaq was the better player. But Kobe then went on to have this great career after Shaq was gone. They didn't play together. I would look at Cheryl with that is that you look at what she did afterwards and she kind of carried on Houston while they were still around and then continued what she was doing then in that year with Seattle and then with Tulsa. Um, I would say just because, again, you mentioned – she defensive player, you know, steals leader, um, you know, was an all-star and stuff. I would just say, I look at the longevity of it. Um, and I get when they were together, but I think that was more because Cheryl was still coming into her own, a younger player. Cynthia was more of an established veteran at that point, even though she had just started the WNBA as well. She had been playing in Italy, like you mentioned. Um, that's would be my just defense to that is that I think it was just kind of, it was her team. But then once she retired, Cheryl had kind of come into her and she emerged as, the the um the key player yeah I think that you make a good point Arya though like I mean without each other would they have been as good right I mean like this argument is all the time like I've heard it so many times with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen right I mean would Jordan be who he was without Pippen right it's the same thing would Cheryl Swoops have gotten all of the accolades that she got without you know Coop um I think that so much of the game of basketball is you know, grandstanding the individual. And that's all fun. And that's exactly what we're doing right now, which I recognize. But I think that we also have to put into the conversation that basketball is, you know, it's a team sport, right? So, you know, without mm-hmm. Coop getting that steal, then um, Cheryl Swoops wouldn't have hit that three, right? I mean, that's how the game works. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I think it's a unique situation that we are right now debating goats and they happen to be on the same team, right? I mean, that's pretty incredible, right? We've never seen Diana Taurasi and Maya Moore together. That would be phenomenal. I would love to see that, but we right. have yet to see it, right? So I think that in a lot of ways, they're, you know, it's a give and take. It's like they work together to be to have like one of the best franchises in the history of the game, right? So um yeah, that that's kind of where I'm where I'm going with with the response. Oh, yeah, I think that's a really good point that you made. All right, I guess you guys want me to talk about something here. I, um, just I, you guys have kind of already hit it on the head, and I agree. I do think that Swoops, with the longevity of her, her career, outweighs it when you look at it from a when you step back and look at it. If we're just talking these two goats on the same team, um, Swoops had a longer career, but wh- I, I don't want to take anything away f- from. Cynthia Cooper and what she did in her career. I mean, she she was on top of the absolute world with what she was doing. I mean, I remember being like 
10 years old and like I'd watch her play and I would go out in the driveway and like I thought I was Cynthia Cooper and I I wanted to be her she was everything that emulated the player I wanted to be and and that's not doesn't make her a go but it just means like at the time she was so dominant and she did it in such a short spurt um, I just think the biggest knock it, it, for me, it just comes within the longevity of it, not to take anything away from her, from the, you know, her, her, her rings, the MVPs, everything she's done. But like you said, Pat, you know, swoops had that longevity and she kind of continued things and carried it and, and played longer and impacted the game in different ways after that. And so that's, that's really all, you know, I agree with you on that. Um, Pat, for what you were saying, everything about swoops. Actually, you know what, before we do, Rachel, drop some knowledge. Somebody who's going to be involved further on when we get for, uh, further into this debate. Tamika Catchings, I know you spoke to her. Who's her goat? Interesting. Very interesting. She kind of, she surprised me on this. Well, it didn't really surprise me um, because I think, as you had kind of said, she is someone who could very arguably in many ways be at the topic of this debate. But Catchings' goat is Lisa Leslie. And this is a name that has not brought up, been brought up so far, which is very interesting to me. Um, but if we're talking about someone that was kind of in that era um, that impacted the game for many, many years, um, impacted the game in many different ways. I mean, she was a two-time WNBA champion. Uh, you know, she she got a couple finals MVPs. She was a three-time just um, WNBA MVP. So she's got the rings uh, she's a four-time Olympic gold medalist. I mean, Lisa Leslie is Lisa Leslie. <laughs> um, so I think for Catchings, Tamika Catchings, her her point about Leslie was not only did she impact the game on the floor, but the way she impacted it and, and continues to impact it, not just as a player, um, but as a teammate, someone who is a businesswoman, um, as a representative of the league. Um, she really paved the way in so many different ways for women's basketball and in the WNBA. And I think, you know, if we're going to have this topic of the GOAT, um, you have to be able to look at it from different ways. And you have to be able to de- really define what does the greatest of all time mean. And that in itself could be a debate, you know, whether it's on the floor, it's off the floor, it's a broad picture, it's all these different things. And for her, Tamika Catchings, her greatest of all time was Lisa Leslie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Moving on to the next topic, do they make the people around them better? Emma, I'm going to let you take control of this one and kind of lead off. Who do you have in mind thinking of this topic? Yeah, I mean, first off, I would like to say that I think in this category, point guards have a clear advantage, myself being a point guard. Um, I think that 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 is literally the role of a point guard is to set your teammates up to get everyone in their flow, get them enough touches and to, to really find that cohesiveness. Right. I mean, you look at it like a center, that is really not their, their job. Yes, they can do it in certain ways. They can obviously make their teammates better and pass out or whatever, but, but a point guard, that is their sole purpose. So with that being said, I think kind of the goat of who makes the players around them better, I think has got to be Sue Bird. Sue Bird is the all-time assist leader. Um, she's an incredible off-the-court leader. Pretty much any player um, who's ever played with her, whether it be on the USA team or at Seattle Storm or et cetera, I mean, they always talk about her leadership, about how she is the one that you are talking to off the court to get better. Um, and then, I mean, her passing ability is just phenomenal. She is just um, 
the center of the team energetically, the center of, you know, every play trying to get it started. And she, without her, the team really, you know, has a, a huge gap to fill. So for me, it, it, it's gotta be Sue Bird. I, I mean, I, as, as far as this topic, I think that's a, a huge advantage. Now I would have to say on this one, I argue for Diana Taurasi on the first one. I would not argue oh. for her on this. It's, as I said, when I made the argument for Diana Taurasi, you know, I look at her strictly as a bucket getter, someone who's a great scorer. I'm not thinking of her as like a, a person that's necessarily, you know, she's a great individual talent. I don't know if she necessarily, yes, she's won three times, but I don't know if she's necessarily elevated the level of her play of her teammates. I think to an extent she has, but it's not like it's, and that's where I, I'm going to actually a little bit agree with Emma on this. I'm going to go with Sue Bird is that I think she's right that like, by nature, point guards have a advantage, a leg up on this because they traditionally are pass first. Um, and I think that that is something that I've always um, – that's traditionally and still something that we see today in the WNBA. But I think that that's something that right. I, I want to say is I think that's something that's changing now, and that's because now we're seeing now that a point guard is a loose term now and it's more of a – you know it, it's a, you know somebody who makes their teammates better – um, does a little bit of everything and stuff. Um, again, I think it's super if you look at it from the whole big picture out and stuff. But I think if we're in a, if we were to sit down and do this five, ten, maybe fifteen years from now, we might look at it differently because you know, as I said, now post players can be point guards and point guards aren't necessarily pass first; they're shoot first. And I think that we may feel a little bit differently about it. And um, but I would say right now, I gotta agree with Emma that. Sue Bird definitely, you know, when you think about someone who's unselfish and puts their teammates in positions to score and to succeed, she's the first person that comes to mind. Well, I want to throw this out and I want to get some thoughts on this. And maybe I'm just bringing this up because I recently had this jaw-dropping experience watching Candace Parker play. Let's talk about Candace. Bingo. Let's talk about Candace. I mean, 11 dimes. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, I was actually getting ready to bring her up. I was actually going to bring her up. So go ahead. Yeah, her... <laughs> Her, I mean, I know we when we had talked before we started recording, someone who got brought up, and I'm sure one of the three of you will bring her up, Brittany Griner. <laughs> um, those players who force the opposition to adapt, and that's an aspect that you know. So what you were talking about, Emma, is Sue Bird's ability to involve and get the best out of her players around her. So that's one aspect of that, right? But the other aspect is being so good that you force other players to change their game plan so that makes everybody around you better because they have a little bit more room to breathe. And the way that Candace Parker dishes the ball, I mean, it doesn't even, it's so effortlessly that she tosses the ball from, she holds it up like the Statue of Liberty and then just flick of the wrist. And next thing you know, there's two points on the board because somebody got somebody got the ball down low and made a basket. I mean, can somebody talk about Brittany Griner in that respect though? I mean, because to me, Candace check some boxes in this respect but Brit- but doesn't Good point. do the same that Brittany Griner does because I think Brittany Griner demands a double oh. team Candace Parker you kind of just get overwhelmed almost yeah I mean Candace Parker makes her teammates better especially with the, the level she's playing at like right now um she she's playing unselfishly not to mention just the presence she draws on the floor um from an offensive standpoint and, and what she's capable of doing but like okay speaking as a big here like don't leave us out. <laughs> I mean, I you know you could make that argument for, for not even that argument, but like play playing devil's advocate here. Um, like the Brittany Brittany Griner 
um, Sylvia Fowles. Okay, let's just like look at those two. They are some of the most incredible, um, incredibly um, dynamic presence that we've seen in this game. And and I don't think I, I think it's taken too lightly how much that impacts the game sometimes when we're we're having these debates and things like that because. Her presence, say Griner's presence, just just for instance, on the floor, completely alters an entire game plan. You know, Sylvia Faust completely alters the way a team is playing them just based on her being in the game. When she goes out, that game plan changes. And that frees everybody else up offensively to be able to create for them and do their own things. Now, So although she may not be dropping dimes or um, bringing the ball down the floor, but her presence and, and, and the how she demands the defense down there is making her teammates better. So I think there's at least a valid point to be brought about that. I, I, I agree with you guys on Sue Bird. I mean, she's just, um, she's a legend. I think we can all agree to put her in that legend status for what she brings to the game. But um, I do think it's an interesting way to look at it from just opposite standpoint of um, an inside presence that on both sides <laughs> makes their teammates better. Wait, how, you guys, how have we not talked about Tina Thompson? Yes, let's get into it. She well, she was a freak of nature. I I personally I loved her post play, um, and I know that's not necessarily the goat debate, but just she was so physical but effortless at the same time, and I I feel like that's a contradiction, but mm-hmm. she was. Well, just like from a, from a number standpoint, I mean, it's it's Tarazi and then it's Tina Thompson. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, I th- I think that goes if we're defining. So, so let's save her for the, right. for the stat debate. Let's talk about Tisha because, I mean, seven-time assist leader, all-defensive team, uh, a couple times on the first team, four-time All-Star, did win a championship, ignoring her overseas accomplishments because she has a ton of them. Um, I, I think if we're talking about making your players better, you got to bring her into the discussion. I agree with that. Uh, you're, you're, you're exactly right. You know, WNBA champion, all-star. I mean, her, her, her resume is, is totally as long agree. I mean, she's um, and just as impressive one of the anybody's. legends, like you described um, Sue Bird. And, and definitely. In the same category. Just, I mean, she was incredible. She, the, the way she impacted the game and her teams and, and the competitor that she was. I mean, she was on a completely different level from just a sheer competitiveness standpoint. Um, so her name definitely, I mean, um, has got to be thrown around in there. What do you guys think? Yeah, and she does, as they said, she doesn't necessarily – she's not going to be maybe the, the go-to scorer. Like we've talked about a lot of these players, she may not be the one who does – who gets all the big name you know, recognition and might not get all the you know same – as many all-star appearances, but she's one of those pieces that you need to win a championship team where she's a distributor, she's a great defensive player, and now she's a big-time agent in the game. Yeah. So she's making her presence fell off the court now too. She, well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, shout mm-hmm. out to Rachel bringing in off-court aspects. You know, her work as, a, as an agent really giving back and, and being someone that the players can rely on. Um, actually, before we move on, shout out. Shout out to Kayla McMorris, who was supposed to be on this debate with us, uh, but had a, a slight illness, so had to sit out. She's on Team Parker. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Kayla, who has played with a lot of players who are playing in the league right now, a very, very intelligent basketball mind. She votes Candace Parker, um, and that had nothing to do, just so there's no collusion thoughts, that had nothing to do with me bringing her up uh, in this most recent topic. Moving on 
but put on your coach hat for a second and uh, let's talk all around a game. Let's approach the GOAT from an all-around game aspect. I will say the Candace Parker point is great. I mean, any t- I've always thought this when you watch a Sparks game, like as she, she like obviously as like as she goes, the team goes, but like she really is able to do like everything on the floor. And I think that that kind of alludes to what I was saying earlier, like how it it's no longer be just like a point guard who does it, but like somebody like her who, even though she plays like a power forward center position she is can play like point guard because she's such a good ball handler and stuff. She does like, she does like everything. Okay. Hear me out about Candace Parker though. And I could be crazy because to be quite frank, I haven't followed her as much as other players, but I feel like right now she's having kind of this second coming. Like she's having an incredible season last year. She had a great season the year before that as well. But I feel like she had a dip in her career. Am I right about this? Where she was like initially just like this amazing player and then kind of was a little streaky for a while. That's kind of when she came off my radar a little bit. And then as the Sparks are just rising into this huge franchise dynasty, basically, now she's, you know, the big talk. And of course, she's part of this conversation. Now, when we talk about GOAT, I don't really know if I, you know, if I can factor that in right now because... You know, GOAT to me is you're consistent. GOAT to me is that your entire career you have just been leading the pack. And I would say that maybe she's a little shaky on that. That's my one hesitation on Candace Parker. You, you, you're, you, Emma, you bring up a really good point. Like, I was looking at that too. And that's why, like, I think when we look back at the entire body of work, I think that that lull you mentioned, like, she came in like, talk about like quoting a the great philosopher Miley Cyrus like she came in as like a wrecking ball the like great philosopher. she made her presence yeah so you know hey I mean to theirs to theirs their own you know um but you know she came in she won MVP as a rookie right didn't she win MVP That's as a rookie insane. I believe so that really is yeah insane. you know yeah um and she was rookie of the year and she was just like all WNBA first team as a rookie and like like again, like made her presence felt like you go look like 2008, 2009, like she was already coming in. Like uh, she, you probably can make the case. She had probably the best rookie season that any rookie could have in league history. Real quick. Watch yeah. out. Yeah. That, yeah. Pay attention. Asia Wilson fans. <laughs> well, that's the, well, we got that. That's true. We know that. Um, but you know, I think, yeah, that, that rookie of the year, uh, uh, train has gone out of the station, but, um, no, it's, it's, um, and I don't want the Asia Wilson fans coming after me because I know they, they will. They can come after me because there's no way she's winning uh, MVP and Rookie of the Year this year. So, heck, I, it, it, stop with this talk about the greatest ro- rookie season of all time. Slow your roll, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, don't, but anyway, Emma, like you said, I you're right. There is like a lull there, and you're right. Over the last like three years as the Sparks have reemerged as a contender – Candace has reemerged. Now, is that because maybe the team's better? Is that because maybe Brian Agler's there now? Is it better coaching? Is it just the pieces around her are better? Who knows? Um, but you make an excellent point. Like, I agree that that's probably going to be the one thing. Like, she doesn't have the consistency like the other players we've spoken of here, which will probably knock her down a few pegs when we, you know, when you look back on it 
five, ten. I'm years just going to go ahead and throw my two cents in there. I've already spoken on it, but if we're talking about best all around player for me, it is still Cheryl Swoops in this category because of what she did both on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, longevity, longevity of her career, the numbers she put up, the way she was able to defend. She could do a, a bunch of different things, and she did it at a very high level. You know, I, I'm actually going to back you up on that. I mean, I think uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that. Um, you know, I was arguing Maya before, and I'd certainly still back that up with, you know, just the winner and accolades and when we're having that conversation. But I think if we're talking about, you know, coach-wise, like who do you want on your team as a coach? Who do you think is this all-round player that can just give you every possible piece? Yeah, I think Swoops does it. And I think that mainly because her defense was so phenomenal. Like I don't think people really appreciated her defense that much because defense always, you know – doesn't get appreciated enough, in my opinion, but I think that she played both sides of the floor equally and contributed so much. And, you know, you've listed all, all that she's done, and, and I think that's a good point. Somebody somebody that I do need to bring up kind of as a – and you know what, I'll throw it on this. Someone that needs to get mentioned in this conversation that I know I'm, I might get some flack for it didn't play in the WNBA – um, Cheryl Miller just flat out deserves the respect of at least mentioning her name in this conversation. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. We mentioned her. We mentioned her. That's great. No, I think she was great, <laughs> but I think that we're talking about. Yeah. No, I, no, she just needs to be, she needs to be mentioned. No, I agree. You, you, no, you're exactly right. I was, I was only laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I honestly, it, it really just comes down to me at that time that, that it, it's a generational thing for me, to be honest with you. <laughs> But no, con- continuing on the, the all-around <laughs> game, um, somebody who I think as far as like I, I, talking about just skill set and, and to real quickly about your points, though, uh, when it comes to Candace Parker, I do want to say if you're looking at her stats, it's interesting because when Los Angeles kind of had their lull before when they missed the playoffs for two years was some of her greatest games as far as, I mean, obviously there was some stat fluffing because of who was on the team, but Candace Parker did drop some ridiculous stats in those seasons. So I agree with you that she kind of fell off the, the map. Um, and maybe there's some political reasons for that. I don't know. But I, I mean, I think even when she did kind of go into a lull, she just was one of the greats. Something I want, I want to pose to you guys though, if we're talking about all around skill, the player who, and I even asked Parker about this uh, when she was in DC recently not to plug the Washington Mystics, but Elena Deladon. Her, she's a player who can play one through five, and I think, at least in my mind, and call me stupid, call me wrong, there's really only been her and Parker who can so so dominantly play one through five. Well, I think you can throw Brianna Stewart in there, too. I mean, you have to. Oh, yeah. yeah it has to be those three. Um, when we're talking about that kind of hybrid, long, really one through five type of position, um, all three of them... One way or another, it, that they're the reasons the game of basketball is changing from the, on the women's side because of that type of body, that length, that athleticism. Um, so those three, I mean, we're we're at a special time in our game right now just because of those three and kind of what they're able to do. And I'll continue to go on even more about Elena Delano. And I'm going to make a really bold statement because I understand that, you know, I could, I think Brianna Stewart is in such such an early point of her career, but we're having this conversation about her 10 years down the road. I mean, I can't even imagine what her career is going to look like. 
Um, Elena being a couple years older, um, still only been in the league, you know, for, for three years, but from, if we're just talking skill and I will, I have said this from day one and I will continue to say this. Elena Deladon is the most skilled and talented women's basketball player I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I will stand by that. And I honestly, I genuinely mean that. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, she's, she's just skilled. That is just absolutely the word I would use with her. She really can do absolutely every single move. Um, she can do fadeaways. She can post up. She can shoot threes. I mean, really, um, I would never want to play horse against her. She just can shoot anywhere, right? So um, I think that that's a fair statement. I, I think that, you know, she's got a lot going for her. But in terms of her career, I can't, you know, and I don't know if this is what you're arguing, but I can't argue her as a goat at this point, just really not enough time to see her, no, and I think, you know, be healthy for a full season, et cetera. Yeah. And I think it comes down to obviously some, some illness and some, um, some issues yeah. there, but you know, she doesn't have the accolades with it quite yet, you know, without having a, a championship, any of those things as an overall goat. No, but if we're just breaking it down to skill, who is the most skilled kind yep. of the player that you saw, like you saw in your lifetime and you're like, Oh my God. To me, that's that's Elena Deladon, and I have not seen anything different. Um, not to take anything away from anybody else, uh, but she has just um, reinvented the wheel in my mind with just what she can do, the way she plays, um, her numbers. You know, when she is healthy and she she is in that rhythm. I mean, we just saw it. What was it last week? She completely threw the Mystics on her back and willed that team to that win over the Sun. I mean, that what what she did in that game was nothing short of greatness. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, and you know, just from a number standpoint, I mean, she's averaging over 20 points a game and for her career in six years, you know? So, um, imagine, you know, if she can get, um, few championships under her belt, you know, uh, continues playing with team USA, things like that can stay healthy. I mean, she, she, it, there's going to have to come a point, I would hope where she's going to be up in that discussion. Seriously. I, and I just want to yeah. throw out real quick that fadeaway bank shot that she has is the scare like there's no way of stopping that or how about her free throw <laughs> oh my god as as someone who right. has wanted her to miss free throws so i can get my my chick-fil-a um i hate her free throws it's just too good it can't be real it's it's like literally scientific and it's amazing you know it's it's uh it's been broken down to such an art um and it works for her and uh it's it's definitely unique that's for sure pat you had a take yeah, I agree. I mean, you guys made a great – I mean, I like how you described to Emma. She's just skilled. Um, and I really – I mean, she since she's come in the league, and talk about a player who's come in the league and made an impact right away. She's been an all-star almost every year except for um, her last season in Chicago in 2016. Um, you know, she's been on the all WNBA first team, and she's just a great – just a great scorer and stuff and great shooter and stuff. And I just, she's just like a, a really, just a really fun player to watch. And it's like you made the points earlier with, we've made with Maya is that, you know, she's only 28. Um, she's got a ways to go. Um, and you said there's championships to be won. You know, she has an MVP in her belt, but she could easily add another. Um, you know, she's good. She's got all-star appearances still to come more appearances on the all WNBA first team. Like she's a player that, there is still that book is left unwritten. And, and when you get to the end of her career, she's going to have a special place. So, yeah, I mean, even right now, the fact we're talking about it, just imagine what we're going to be saying in, you know, a decade from now. Somebody who, who hasn't gotten brought up yet that I think needs to get brought up 
and needs at least to be entered in the conversation. And I'm not just saying this because when we voiced this on Twitter, I got a lot of feedback saying this, but Lauren Jackson, a player, I mean, let me just go down her career highlights. This is kind of insane. Seven-time All-Star in the W, three-time MVP, two-time champion, three-time scoring champ, uh, one-time finals MVP, rebounding champ, defensive player of the year, seven-time all-first team, uh, one-time second team, defensive team twice, uh, three-time defensive second team, ESPN awards, uh, all-decade team, this, this, and that. Lauren Jackson is, is and I, I wasn't honored enough to ever see her play live, but Lauren Jackson's game was so smooth. And, and that adds to what you were saying, Emma, about Sue Bird, can you talk about like what what do you think about having that combo of that big small? I mean, I think that, that that is the game, right? I mean, you win if you have that combo. So that combo specifically with Sue Bird, who has eyes at the back of her head, and then Lauren Jackson. I mean, that was dynamic. That was just unbelievable. Um, and I don't think we're going to see a duo like that in a little bit because that was something special. Uh, I do want to enter into this conversation another name that we have not mentioned, which is kind of amazing that we have yet to mention it. Um, Tamika Catchings, you guys. Oh, right? I've been saving it. I've been saving it. You've been saving it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, the list that you just read off for Lauren Jackson, the exact same can be said for Tamika Catchings. I'm not going to read it off. You guys know that she is just unbelievable on every possible level. And then not only that, she's an ambassador for the whole game. I mean, when you think of the WNBA, one of the first people I think of is Tamika Catching. She is the face of the league, and there's a reason for that. Um, yes, she's only been a champion one time, but this woman has like 10 WNBA All-Stars, right? She played for so many years, and she was always at the peak. She was always consistent. Um, and I, I just think that she has to be in there. And if, if we're going to categorize it based on the way we've been doing it, I think that um, Tamika Catchings, to me, she's – most going to be a go in the section of, you know, all-time stats, right? I mean, this every single category, all-round player, defensive player of the year, or um, all-star, and, and all those kind of defensive accolades, she was always there, right? So I think that um, she's in, in one of my top for, for um, best GOAT stats-wise. I, all right, so real quick, I just want to hop in and get this. Shout-out. To Brady, who's on the WNBA Insider staff, he wanted to be on this, but he wasn't able to. And he kind of alluded to what you're saying. I'm just going to read what he had messaged me when I told him we were doing this and asked him to come on. And after he said he couldn't, he said, it's no question, Tamika Catchings. She's first all time in win shares for a reason. Shout out to advanced stats people. Her ability to do it all, score at the rim, from outside, playmake, rebound, excel in transition, lock down everyone makes her a borderline flawless player that translates to any area or any era. Sorry. She could protect the rim, pick pockets at half court. I truly believe you could put her at any position on either side of the floor. And she's going to be the, one of the best, if not the best player on the court. So you don't have to ask me who my pick is. I mean, the thing about catchings, could you find, you use the word ambassador, um, Emma, but could you find a better representative for, the WNBA 
through, you know, uh, throughout, I mean, na- name one. I mean, we could name a few names, but has there been anyone who has been able to uh, do what Catchings has done on the floor, off the floor, take the championships aside? I'm just like, you, you said her career, what was it, 15 years? Am I right on that? She had a 15 year career. Um, you know, it, 14 yeah, or 15 like year career 14, she had 14, we can't 15. even keep track anymore you know <laughs> what she's doing now I mean <laughs> she is it's like what she said about Lisa Leslie which is probably why she sees Lisa Leslie as her goat um, yeah. is is again it's so many different things that encompass the game of women's basketball outside of um, just things that take place on the floor in between those lines um, you know she's out in the community as one of the biggest um, community support. Um, gosh, I mean, it's, you see her all over the place. She's, she's bringing goodwill all over the place, you know, as a, I feel like she's setting herself herself up, you know, on the business side of things to just be this powerhouse. I mean, it's like, it's like she, she can do anything. And she, I think that's why she did bring up Lisa Leslie, because that probably is someone that she kind of, um, idolized and kind of as a, almost a role model, maybe in her career in some, in some degrees. Uh, but, but just what she's done for women's basketball, the stats that he just brought up, Brady just brought up. I mean, that, that is a dominant argument. And I think one that we'll hear just as much as we hear Tarazi, in my opinion. Something, something that I'm, I'm curious to get your guys's take on is I was going to bring up, not for the sake of having her in the goat debate, but to give her the nickname of the goat squasher or the goat herder. The goat and that's herder. Elena Beard just because of her lockdown defensive ability. But I'm talking about ke- the goat herder. Yeah. Catchings. Five-time defensive right. player of the year. Talk about a goat herder. Taught 2004, 2005, 2005, 2006, 2008, 2009, 2009, 2010. 2011 and 2012. Realistically, Tamika Catching should be at the one of the top two in every category we've had so far. If you want to be the ring, well, I mean, yeah, it, the the rings, the rings knock her, but and that I mean, I think she it comes down to the rings, doesn't it? Made her career choice to just stay at Indiana, right? And I think that that's really something that's admirable, and I think that she wouldn't regret that at all. Like that's. That was her home. That was where she wanted to play. But I think there's a sacrifice there, right? I mean, she just didn't have enough help. She didn't have what, like, Maya Moore has right now. Yeah. Sylvia Fowles, the MVP, and Lindsey Whalen, and Simone Augustus. You know what I mean? And Brunson, and too. I mean, <laughs> like, she didn't have a team like that. So, yes, yeah, same thing. So, I mean, you, I think that's a good point. Right. Like, if you're thinking about just what you were working with, maybe maybe Tanika Catchings really does deserve it more than the other people who had a lot more help. Yeah. Uh, I, can anybody give me a reason why Catchings, besides rings, let's exclude rings, because in all honesty, this is what I want to say real quick. Catchings winning that ring, should, I mean, you. I feel like there should be a second ring that comes with it at least, right? <laughs> I think Catchings should, get, should just get another ring because she's Tanika Catchings. <laughs> Are you asking for another argument outside of rings as to why she shouldn't be brought up as the goat? Yes. And if you you Um, don't, don't force it. If you can't, don't, you know. No, no, no. I, I, my initial instinct was no, I can't. Uh, But I think the only other argument that I could bring up would be just strictly like points, numbers, you know, Tarazi. We've got Tarazi at the top. We've got Tina Thompson right behind her in terms of just points that have been scored in their career. Um, That might be the only other thing. Um, but honestly, in my opinion, no, besides that, I, I don't have anything. Yeah. It's, it's- what about, 
What about you guys if we're talking like who has the ball in the last 10 seconds of the game, right? Are you going to give it to Diana Taurasi? She's had so many buzzer beaters. Are you going to give it to Maya? Are you going to give it to Parker? Are you going to give it to Tamika Cashings? I mean, I don't know the stats here, so help me out. Like who would you give it to in, in those last-minute situations? Who has the most killer? Maya Moore? Diana, Diana Taurasi. I give it to Diana, I think. Diana Taurasi. I don't – I – would give Diana the yeah. last shot. I wouldn't give her the ball. <laughs> wait, how's that possible? No, and no, but wait, wait. Hear me out on this. I would call a play that gets her a little bit of space and then feeds her the ball because I love her one-two mm-hmm. hop. And I know that's kind of contradictory, but like I love her ability to get the ball, turn, make a split decision, put it up from literally the free throw line on the opposite side of the court, and I still would have faith that it would go in. But if I'm going, okay, I'm giving someone the ball to take it up the court, and then you got and you got to score, I'm picking no, my more. No, 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 no. Because Diana Taurasi is absolutely deadly coming off a screen. So she's pulling up right at the three, and she's deadly off yeah. that screen. So that would be yeah. my play call, would be get Griner a screen right there, and then get Taurasi going around <laughs> that, and she can read it perfectly, and she'll she'll hit that every time. She also has a dagger of a drive too, right? I mean, she floats in the air. She's up there for a while, and she can still she's crafty. She gets around a bunch of different hands. So, I mean, I, I think that she, yes, she has an incredible one-two hop. But I mean, there's there's a track record of her scoring in many different ways in the buzzer beater final minutes. If I if if we're talking about giving the ball to somebody with the final final seconds left, I'm giving it to Sylvia Fowles. Ooh. Because she is shooting 60% on her career um, in terms of what she is able to do. So, so <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to say anything. Else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's really fair. No, but seriously, though, I mean, Sylvia, if we're talking about giving it to somebody, now she's yeah. obviously going to have to be on the block or in a position where she's comfortable scoring it. Wow. But, you know, we're looking at percentage shots here, games on the line. We, we got to get a bucket. I can go into Sylvia Fowles every single time. And I do pick Sylvia Fowles over Griner. Um, I, I, I could talk about that at length, but I pick Sylvia Fowles over Griner just from a consistency, a physicality standpoint, um, a toughness standpoint. Um, I think Sylvia Fowles wins that battle, not to take anything away from Griner, but um, I'm giving the ball to Fowles. Oh yeah, I would take fouls over Griner. And even just if you look at their numbers, you mentioned the toughness part. Um, I mean, she almost averages twice as many rebounds um, as as her. And so, and what she's able to do, and just like offensively, you talked about like how good she is when she gets the ball around the rim, and what she's done really. It's I feel like over these last two seasons, last year and into this year, just you know, like when she gets going, she's just unstoppable and stuff. And you know, I think I again as well when uh, you know. As I were saying, I, I mentioned that when I made the argument to Diana Tarazi, my biggest thing is like you want the ball, person with the ball in their hands with the game on the line. Like there's nobody else. You, I, I just can't imagine. She's just deadly with the ball like that. And um, and one last thing before we wrap it up, I was going to say is the thing I think which goes back to with Rachel saying a little bit, which if you're going to look for a deterrent with Tamika Catchings compared to our other players that we've spoken about here tonight, um, would probably be the fact that she only has one MVP to show for. Um, you know, the others we've talked about, Maya Moore, Diana Tarazi, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, Cynthia Cooper, the list goes on. Most of them are multi, 
multi-MVP award winners. Um, and for me, I always look at MVP a winner as like you were the best player in the league for that year. Like that shows you were the best player in the league. And again, I'm not, this isn't taking anything away from to me, Cassius, but I would say that's, and that goes back to like what you were saying, Rachel, about the scoring um, and, and, uh, and a stat like that that may hurt her case. But other than that, um, yeah, where I, I, I um, she's definitely in the conversation just because of that all around body all that right, we now, talked about earlier. For the last celebrity shot, Rachel, I know you spoke with Elena Deladon. Who's her goat? Interesting, because she had a really hard time even narrowing it down to two. Uh, She kind of did it almost by like the eras. Like, I guess if you're talking about the first half, second half, kind of where we are now. Um, And she she said Cynthia Cooper. And um, just from what she was able to do at a high high volume uh, with the championships, four rings, and then that short amount of time, and probably someone that she – um, grew up watching and idolizing as as you know a young player herself, but um, the biggest one is was was Tarazi. Um, you know, Elena felt that you know she's and not, not a lot of people talk about this, but um, she is so well respected by her peers. Um, I've I think here I've heard so many times about how she is the greatest teammate you could possibly have and the worst competitor that you could ever possibly play against, <laughs> you know? So, um, her, she's so respected by her peers, her attitude, her mentality, um, her killer instinct. Um, you know, obviously what she's done from a, from a number standpoint is just, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're witnessing history right in the making. And I just, you know, feeling so lucky that we're a part of it, but those were the things that she felt, um, were the biggest things about Tarazi that, you know, were her goat. And, uh, just thought it was important to note that. I want to go through our scorecard, and I'll start with Candace Parker basically got one point, and then this is through the categories we've run through, uh, and, and there are there is a goat at the end of this, guys. Candace Parker got one vote, all right, one, one point. Sue Bird also scored a point. Cynthia Cooper scored a point also. Maya Moore got a point, and Diana Taurasi got a point, but it was a two-way tie between Tamika Catchings and Cheryl Swoops both getting three points for just racking it up in all of our different categories of of who is the GOAT. I really want to thank everybody who joined us. We had Rachel Galligan, Pat Ralph, Emma Lydon. It was possibly one of the greatest shows we've ever had, and I want to give them a chance to say goodbye before we pass out for the night. All right, everybody. Thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us give you uh, our opinions on it. Um, Hopefully you guys picked up some little bits of tidbits and enjoyed it and i'm just excited to have the opportunity to be on here good night thanks for having me guys um it's been super fun just being able to hash this out i could really go on forever about women's basketball in this amazing league the fact that we mentioned all those different players just really speaks volumes about how much um this game is growing and how much we can really you know battle it out with just talking about the WNBA. what better topic right and yeah, it's just, this was a lot of fun just to be able to sit around. We could, I mean, it's like, look at the clock now. So we've been doing this for over an hour and we could keep doing this for hours and just keep talking about it because we should be having these conversations. And this is the stuff that should be talked about, like you were just saying, Emma. And, and we want to be able to grow that. And that's what we're doing at WNBA Insider. And we hope you enjoyed this. And uh, we look forward to hearing about your reactions and thoughts in our uh, uh, to what you think, if we were right or wrong. We'd like to hear from you.